We are starting off this new year. I'm real excited um, to begin a brand new series. As 2018 was coming to a close, I spent a lot of time um, just in prayer and just seeking the Lord and saying, what do you have for our church going into this new year? And um, yeah, I'm real excited. We today are going to be starting a brand new series, and the series is called Like. And I think we have, yeah, this is kind of the serious thing here. Some of you know what that is, some of you don't, uh, but God bless you. That is a like symbol. And uh, the, what we're going to be doing over the next year, uh, probably six months between a year, is um, addressing this question, what does it look like to become like Jesus? And uh, this ultimately is God's purpose and God's plan for us, his people. God wants us to become more like Jesus. But the reality is, um, a lot of times we're, we, we might say like, Yes, I want that, but practically, how does that happen? Practically, how does spiritual transformation take place in our life so that as we look back on our lives five years from now, 10 years from now, we say, wow, I actually am becoming more like Jesus. And so I'm super excited um, for this journey with you guys. I'm super excited over the next year um, to begin to step into this space where we open up our hearts and open up our lives in every single area to say, Jesus, would you come fill this space? Would you transform this area? My thoughts, my emotions, my actions, everything. We're going to talk about a holistic approach to what it looks like to become like Jesus. And as we start off, I wanted to share a few things with you guys. First off, um, becoming like Jesus is a past, present, and future reality. It is a past, present, and future reality. You say, what does that mean? Well, scripturally, we see that this is God's plan for us that has been fulfilled in the past. It is what God, through the Holy Spirit, is doing in us presently, and it is what will happen at the climax of Jesus' return that we will be like him. We see this in a few different places. First off, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. This is the past work by which we have been made like Christ. Romans eight twenty nine. Paul the Apostle wrote this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Conformity to the image of his son, conformity into the image of Jesus means God makes us like Jesus. We are conformed into the image of the son. We become more like Jesus. And he says here that this Christ-likeness, this work of being conformed into the image of Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, was actually the eternal predestining purpose of God. Before the foundation of the world, before anything was created, God predestined and chose that he would conform us to the image of his son, that we would be made like Jesus. So the reality is this is a past reality. It's something that God chose to do in you and in me, make us like Jesus before the foundation of the world. But we also see that this is what he's presently doing in us through the Holy Spirit day to day. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18 tells us this, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. So God, not only in the past, predestined us to be conformed into the image of his son, to be made like Jesus, but he also presently transforms us into the image of his son, continues to make us more like Jesus day by day by the power of his Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is God's presence, God's spirit inside of us. The Holy Spirit over time continues to make us day by day more and more like Jesus, which is a beautiful thing. But it's not only a present reality that God's doing in us through the Holy Spirit, it is also a future reality. First John 3, 2, John the Apostle writes this, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. The reality is this. Although we day by day are becoming more like Christ through the transformative work of the Holy Spirit, and although God predestined us before the foundation of the world to become like Christ, we will not be perfectly like him until we see him as he is, until he returns. And when Christ returns, that is when the work is finished. It says that when we see him, when he appears, we will be like him. So here, scripturally, we see three perspectives, past, present, and future, that God's plan for your life and God's desire for my life is simply this, that I would be like Jesus. And so over this next year, we're going to step into that space of what does that look like? How is it a, a past completed reality? And yet at the same time, how is the Holy Spirit presently making me more like Jesus? And what will that look like when he appears and we are fully like him because we see him as he is? But the reality is this is God's plan for our life. Past, present, and future. He wants us to be conformed into the image of his son. He wants to make us more like Jesus. And we see an example of this, a parable, a real short parable in Luke chapter six. So if you had your Bible, or your iPhone or Android, you can look down at Luke chapter six and we'll start in verse 39. This is a really short parable that Jesus gives here, but um, there's a lot of amazing content in it here. And so Jesus is speaking to his disciples here and starting in verse 39, it says, he also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So Jesus here, again, he's speaking to his disciples who he was investing his life in, who he was training to become leaders, to make other disciples. And we see here that he gives them a warning about who they're following. And he first gives the exa a, a, a negative example. He says, can a blind person lead a blind person? The answer is no, because if he does, they will both fall into a pit. If you've got a blind homie driving in front of you, or if you're in the car with a blind homie, that's not a good idea. That's going to equal car wreck. That's going to equal not good news. And so he says, a blind person leading a blind person, they're both going to fall into a pit. Blindness all throughout the scripture is used metaphorically. And Jesus here is using it metaphorically as well to speak about those who are spiritually, spiritually blind. Those who do not know the way to the kingdom. Those who do not know the truth about the kingdom. And the point here is what he's saying is if you're following leaders who, who don't know the truth, if you're following leaders who don't know the way of Jesus, the way of the kingdom, then you're not going to be led in the right direction. We become like those we follow. And then he says this in verse 40, a disciple is not above his teacher, but check this out. Everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. The point Jesus is making here is simply this. We will become like those that we follow. If you follow a blind person, 
They're going to fall into a pit, and so are you. If you follow somebody who's on a good path, somebody going in a good direction, you are going to be going in that same direction as well. We become like those that we follow. That's the point Jesus is making here. And so to become more like Jesus, the simple answer, although we're going to work this out over the next year, the simple answer is this. To become like Jesus, we have to follow Jesus. It is a day-by-day choice, step-by-step that we say, today, I want to follow Jesus. And if we follow Jesus, the result is we become more like Jesus. But the reality is this. As we step into that space, if you first say, I I do want that, I do want to become more like Jesus, and I understand that requires following Jesus, the reality is this. The following Jesus part is a process that takes training, It's not an overnight thing. It's not a one-day thing. It's not a one-moment choice. It is a continual training because look what Jesus says. He says in verse 40, when he is fully trained, he will be like his teacher. The person who is fully trained becomes like his teacher. Now, I need to share a little bit more depth about this phrase, fully trained here. It's really interesting, actually, this term, fully trained, in the original language, which is Koinonia Greek of the New Testament, this Greek word is katarizo. And what it actually means is much more than just training. It speaks of making whole by joining together. It speaks of setting right what was wrong or restoring to a former condition. Condition. Now, I want to say that again because then we're going to have to look at the text through that lens. He says, he who's fully trained becomes like his teacher. If I want to become like Jesus, I have to be fully trained. Again, to be fully trained means this, to make whole by fitting together. It means to set right what has gone wrong or to restore to a former condition. Now, track with me here. This is actually amazing. When God created humans... Genesis 1 verse 26, he created man in his image and what? Likeness. Human beings, the only part of creation, God said, I am creating you in my image and likeness. Humans were made like Jesus. We were made like God. It is a part of our DNA. It is the way that God made us. He put his image and his likeness in us at creation. But the reality is this. When sin entered into the world, when Adam and Eve chose to rebel and say, I'm not going to do what God wants, chose to rebel and walk in disobedience, the reality is this. The image and the likeness of God, which we still possess, it was marred. It was no longer fully whole. It needed restoration. And we see an example of this in Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. We're going to throw it up on the screen. This is what took place when Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden chose to rebel against God. Here's what happens. It says in Romans 1, verse 21, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they wanted to be wise like God, they became fools. And check this out. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and every creeping thing. Here's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Man was made in the image and likeness of God. 
They bore the fullness of the presence and the glory of God. That's what God wanted. He wanted us to be made like him. He wanted us to reflect him. When Adam and Eve chose to rebel and said, I want to be as wise as God, I want to be God, and chose to rebel, their foolish hearts were darkened. They exchanged the glory of the eternal immortal God for, it says, images resembling mortal man. We were made in the image of God, and they said, I want the image of man. I no longer want to reflect God's glory. I want to do my own thing. I want people to see how glorious I am. And in that moment, the image of God was marred. We no longer knew how to image and reflect and be like God. Mankind from that moment forward said, it's about me. It's about my image. It's about who I am. Look at me. And this is the whole reason that Jesus had to come to the earth. Although man screwed up, God had a plan. He wasn't going to just let man say, okay, well, now you don't get to be like me. Now you don't get to be in my presence. So thousands of years later, God sent his son, Jesus, who was the fullness of the image of the invisible God. He sent him to be born in the likeness of men. He, God, took on the likeness of man. He took on human flesh. He became like us. What for? To restore and to set right and to join us together with him to restore the fullness of the image and the likeness of God that was lost in creation. This is what it's talking about here when it says, when someone is fully trained, he will be like his teacher. Again, fully trained. It speaks specifically of setting right what has gone wrong. It speaks specifically of making whole that which was broken. What was broken is we were made in the image and likeness of God, but sin distorted that. And yet, by following Jesus, by looking to Jesus, who is the fullness of the image of God, his image and his likeness is restored in us. Our sin is done away with. Jesus took that on the cross, and through following Jesus, we become more like him, which was God's original design and original tent for our lives, which is absolutely amazing. So, fully trained, those who are fully trained, we become like who we are following. We become like our teacher. And so the whole point of discipleship and following Jesus, the whole reason we do that is because we want to be like Jesus. He says a, di- a disciple is not going to be greater than his teacher, but once you're fully trained, you will be like him. And so that's why we do what we do. That's why we gather together every week. Everything we do here is so that uh, it is for all of us to say, how can I be more like Jesus? How can I reflect his image and his likeness? It's about being like him. It's not just, I want to know the Bible. I want to know theological arguments. I want to be a good person. I want to have certain moral codes. That's not it. It's what we do here is, I want to be like Jesus. That's the end goal. Following Jesus is about becoming like Jesus. Now, you got to know this, that becoming like Jesus, it doesn't just happen, right? It's not some magical thing. It's not just like, oh, you all of a sudden are like him. It takes intentional training. That's what he says here in verse 40. Again, everyone who is fully trained is like his teacher. So the process by which we become more like Jesus is intentional. It's not just a passive thing of like, I look back and go, whoa, 10 years ago, I said I want to follow Jesus. And now it's happening. It it takes intentional training. It says that he who is fully trained will be like his teacher, and training's a process, right? You don't just go to the gym day one and come back and you look like you just got stung by a whole hive of beeves. You're like, bro, look how swole I am. No, it's a a process. 
Transformation is a process. I remember the only time in my life, my buddy was like super into CrossFit. And he's like, dude, you got to come. It's so sick. And I was like, okay, dude, this is going to be awesome. And so I went and after like one like 30 minute workout, I was like, I am not about that life. I was like, to be honest, I am not committing to that. I understand that's going to be a process if I'm going to look like you and I don't got time for that. So I just stopped doing it. So I got it. I understood it. Training, transformation, it takes work. And this is what Jesus is saying here too. He who's fully trained will be like his teacher. The fact that he says fully trained means what? It means there's also people who are partially trained. It means also there's people who aren't trained at all, which means, again, becoming like Jesus is a process. There's stages. You can't just expect it. I say, yes, and I step into this, and all of a sudden, my whole life is transformed, and everything about me is different, and I'm like Jesus. It's a process, and the process of becoming like Jesus, the hard work that it takes to follow Jesus, the process by which we become fully trained means what? It means we have to be committed to change. Now, that's a word some people don't like to hear. Like, oh, you're going to tell me I have to change? Yes. If you want to be like something that you're not, you, you have to be committed to change. You have to say, is there things in my life that I need to change? Is there habits in my life, patterns in my life, ways of thinking in my life that are not going to make me what I want to be like, that are not going to produce that result? The reality is this, to become more like Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, has to reshape and reform and change our hearts, change our minds, change the way we think, change our entire lives. That is a reality. And so the question which you have to answer for yourself that I can't answer for you before we you know, continue on this journey, which is gonna be a process. We're gonna go through this for an entire year. The question is, do you actually want that? When you look at your life right now, my question for you is, do you want to change? Is there things in your life that you're saying, man, I don't like that part about me. I don't like the way I react to people in that way. I don't like how I treat people like that. I don't like the fact that I'm so greedy or so selfish. Do you want to change? Do you want to become more like Jesus? Or are you just like, no, I I actually don't want to change. I love who I am. I love my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. I'm cool. You have to make that decision for yourself. I can't make it for you. Somebody else can't make it for you. Change is not something that can be forced upon us. It's something we have to choose and say, I actually do. And so my hope is that as you observe your life, you would actually realize there's things in all of our lives that we need to change. If you're here and you're like, man, I got it all together. Like, please come and tell me how you did it because I I, I don't get it. I've been walking with Jesus for as long as I can remember and I still see there's so many things in my life that I want to change. There's so many things in my life that I'm still struggling with and still wrestling with and trying to figure out how do I do this? I want to become more like Jesus. So do you actually want to change? Some people, maybe you're here and that's totally cool. Maybe I, I actually don't. As I evaluate my life and look at who I am, I actually don't want to change. Well, the reality is this. Not changing is not actually an option. The reality is this, we are all being shaped and changed and formed every second of every day. But most of the time, sadly, the change that happens in our life is not intentional. It's actually passive, right? Like look look back at who you were five years ago, 10 years ago. You're a different person today. 
the things that you like, maybe the things that you listen to, like you're a different person. We are all continually changing, but a lot of it is passive. We are all becoming more like something. We are all becoming more like someone. The question is, are we intentionally shaping our future? Are we intentionally saying, this is what I want to be like, and here's the choices I need to make that are going to get me there. Here's, here's how we change. Here's how we're shaped every single day. The music we listen to, that is changing you. That is shaping the way that you think. That is affecting your behaviors. Not just the music, the TV shows we watch. The things we watch have influence over us. You might not think that they do, but it's changing the way that you think. They, they are affecting you. They're changing you. The people that we hang out with, this is a huge one. The, the people we surround ourselves with, you might think I'm changing them. No, the people we surround ourselves, they change you. They change the way we think. They influence us. And so all those things, the culture we live in, right? The, 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 the culture, the, the, the beliefs, the common system of the culture, that affects us. That changes us. We become like the culture we live in. We become like the media we engage with. The reality is all of us are changing. Every second of every day, every decision you make, everything you listen to, everything you watch, everything you say, all the people you hang out with, all the culture you engage with, that is shaping you. That is changing you. That is making you more like something or more like someone. We, in reality, over time, we passively will become like the culture we engage with, the media we consume, we are becoming more like that. It shapes the way we think. It shapes the way we do life. All of those things affect us a lot more than we realize. It says in Romans 12 verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You wanna know why it says don't be conformed to this world? Because that naturally is what happens. If we are, are not intentionally shaping and forming and through our decisions saying, I want to be more like Jesus, the natural thing that we do is conformity to the world, conformity to culture, what culture says, what culture believes, what my friends say, all of that, that shapes us and we become more like that. So to not do that, to not become more like whatever the world says you should be like, it takes something proactive. It takes transformation through the renewing of your mind. It starts with the way that we think. We have to think, so what am I putting in my mind? What am I filling my mind with? Through the music, through the TV, through social media, through the voices and influencers I let speak to me. What are they saying? What are they telling you? Who we follow is gonna be who we become like. Jesus said, if you follow Jesus, it's gonna take training, you become like Jesus. If you follow someone who's blind, leading you down a wrong path, you're gonna go down that path too. So who, who are you following? Who are you listening to? Who are you allowing to speak into your life and, and tell you what is truth and tell you, how you who you should be and how you should be? We are all changing. We are all being shaped every second of every day. So the question for today is this. How do we become more like Jesus? How do I not be conformed to who culture wants me to be and who other people want me to be, but to actually become who God intended me to be from the beginning of time by placing his image and likeness in me? How does that take place? How do I become more like Jesus? Well, most Christians, I think, would answer that question, I think, one of two ways. There is a certain group of Christians who may answer that question, how do we become like Jesus? They would answer it this way. Just let go and let God. 
That is a very popular phrase in Christian culture, Christian pop culture. And I'm here to tell you, it sucks. That is not biblical at all. Like, how do I become more like Jesus? Just let go and just let God, man. Meaning, just do nothing. Like, you just let go and God does it all. You just chill and enjoy the ride and you don't have to do anything. And over time, you become more like God. Like, that sounds nice. I wish that that's the way that it worked, that I just say, Jesus, I'm in. And I just chill and do nothing. And all of a sudden, my whole life starts to become more like him. No, that's not how it works. You don't become more like Jesus by doing nothing. Like, if, if that's really the way that you think, God bless you, but that's, like, so off, right? Like, d- has that ever worked for you? You're like, to be honest, I've been greedy my whole life. How do I overcome that? Well, I'm just going to do nothing, and just God's going to just remove that greed from me. No. Like, if you want to combat greed, maybe be proactively generous, Maybe start giving. It's not just like, I do nothing and God takes that away from me. It doesn't work like that. Or, man, I've always just been super angry. I always just get so angry so quick. How do you want to change that? Well, I'm just going to let go and let God. I'm not going to do anything about it. And just it's going to just happen magically. No, you're going to continue to be an angry person. It doesn't work where we just say, I'm just going to be hands off and God does it all. Paul the Apostle actually wrote, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And then he adds, it's God who's working in you according to his will and good pleasure. There's this combination. It's called the human divine combination. God working in and through us, but we practically have to live out what he puts in. So it's not just, I just chill and do nothing. It's no, I have to work it out. There's actually practical steps you have to take to become more like Jesus. So if if that's been like the way you've thought, if that's been your philosophy that I just let go and just go along for the cruise and God takes me there, um, you will not become more like Jesus over time if that's the way you do it. If you're passive in it, you're gonna become more like culture. You're gonna become more like the world. So I don't think that that's a very good approach. The second answer that I think a lot of Christians would have to the question, how do we become more like Jesus? And hear me out before you start like trying to stone me to death. But I think a lot of Christians answer to how do we become more like Jesus would be something along the lines of this. Read your Bible and pray every single day. If you just do that, if you just read your Bible and pray every single day, you are going to become more like Jesus. Now, Hold the stones for a second. That is not a holistic answer. The reality is this. It is a false assumption, a false assumption that as your knowledge of the Bible increases, so will your Christ-likeness. Follow me through this train of thought, okay? And I'll say that again. It is a false assumption that as your knowledge of the Bible goes up, so will your Christ-likeness. Reading in and of itself does not guarantee to produce change in us. There are a lot of people who have read and studied the Bible who don't even believe in Jesus. And so reading the Bible itself does not guarantee that it's gonna transform us and that we're gonna become more like Jesus. In the same way that reading a book on health food doesn't actually make you healthier, right? Like you can read all the books on health food you want, but that doesn't make you healthy unless you start actually doing what it tells you. Reading books on fitness and how to get swole and jacked, that doesn't make you stronger. Like you don't just sit and read and you're like, dude, look at this, I'm just getting jacked. No, it, it does not transform you. It does not change you in that way. It actually is 
the, the same principle actually transfers to what well, a lot of people think that if I just read the Bible, it actually guarantees that I'm going to become like it. Let me ask you this. How many times have you read Jesus's words on loving your enemies? And my question is this, do you do it? I can read all I want what Jesus says, love your enemies. And yet just reading it does not make me love my enemies. You can read Jesus's words over and over about forgiving others, but reading what Jesus says about forgiving people doesn't make you forgive people. You can read what Jesus says about not being anxious about the future, and yet your whole entire life, you can live in anxiety and fear that God's not going to provide for you. You can live your whole life reading the Bible about Jesus saying, don't store up your treasures on earth, but in heaven, and yet continue to invest your entire life in the things of earth. So let me say it again. The transferring of information does not guarantee transformation. The fact that we read the Bible does not guarantee that it is going to produce the desired change. Now, that might happen. I'm here to tell you this. The goal of reading the Bible is that it will change us, is that it does shape us. And I can tell you personally, for me, the most transforming thing in my life has been the scriptures. I'm not, a, I'm not saying don't read your Bible. I'm all for it. Reading the scriptures for me has been transformative. It's changed the way I think. It's changed the way I live. But I am saying this. Simply reading your Bible is not the answer in and of itself. It does not guarantee that you are going to be transformed. People can read it over and over and over again and see and experience no actual transformation and no change in their life. Because simply this. Knowing is one thing. Knowledge is one thing, right? But then actually doing what you know, that's a whole different thing. I can know the whole Bible and know how Jesus wants me to live and know what he wants me to do, but to actually do it is different. And then to take it a step further, having the desires to actually do it is a whole nother level. There's, I know, I know what I'm supposed to do. Okay, I got information. The next step is, okay, I, I have to do it. I have to actually do something. But then the reality for a lot of us is, I know what I'm supposed to do and I might do it, but a lot of times our emotions are in the wrong place. A lot of the times our heart is in the wrong place. Like I can, I'll be honest with you. A lot of times I wake up, I know I should read my Bible. I know I should pray and I will. But to be honest, a lot of times my heart doesn't want to. Wait, why is that? Wait, you, you read it and you do it, but you don't want to? Yeah, our heart's not in the right place. And so a simple answer for to become more like Jesus, all we do is read our Bible and pray. No, I don't think that guarantees that we will become more like Jesus. Even praying, praying for certain things, praying, God, I want you to help me to forgive. That, that's a good thing to pray. But what I'm saying is this, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you will forgive. Praying, God, help me to not care so much about what people think about me. It, it doesn't guarantee that you are going to start living that way. Praying, God, help me to love my enemies doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to start doing it. So we can read about these things and we can even pray for them and never take the steps to actually do them. Does that make sense? So that's what I'm saying here. I'm not against reading the Bible and prayer. In fact, in this series, we're going to get into spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices, actually living out what we're supposed to do. We're going to talk about that. 
We're gonna talk about the value of the scriptures. We're gonna, be ta- we're gonna talk about how prayer does change and transform us. But what I'm saying for right now is this, that's not the answer. You can say, if, if all I do is read the Bible and pray, then that guarantees I'm gonna become more like Christ. And I'm here to tell you that that's not quite it. Although those things are a part of it, although that's a part of the process, that does not guarantee the transformation. So how does it happen then? How do we become more like Jesus? The simple answer is this. There is no simple answer. There is no quick fix to how we become like Jesus. And that's what we want. Culture is so like into the immediate, give it to me now. I just want the shortest method, the shortest route. I just want to be like him. I just want to do it. What do I got to do? And there is no like short answer for you. It's not just like, oh, all I do is read the Bible and that's it. Okay, and then the rest of my life I can do whatever I want. No, it's not like that. It takes a lifetime of having our thoughts, our actions, our emotions renewed and shaped and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The process by which we become more like Jesus, which is what we're gonna do this entire next year, is something that people call spiritual formation. Spiritual formation. Simply put, that means that is how we intentionally become more like Jesus. I love Dallas Willard's definition of spiritual formation. He says this, spiritual formation in the Christian tradition is a process of increasingly being possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus as we walk in the easy yoke of discipleship with Jesus, our teacher. Spiritual formation is walking with Jesus, becoming like Jesus over time. It's a process of discipleship whereby as we continue to walk with Jesus, we become more like Jesus. And so in the next year, this is the journey that we're gonna begin together. What does it look like to be transformed into the image of Jesus? What does it look like practically for me and for you? What are the practical things I can start doing to become more like Jesus? And today I'm just giving you the quick shout out and we're gonna follow this format over the next year, but I wanna show you guys where we're going as a church over the next year. This is what I would call the process of spiritual formation or simply put, how we become like Jesus. And so we're gonna throw a slide up on the board here. This is where we're going as a church over the next year. So this is something that I've spent a lot of time um, in prayer about and just saying, God, what do you want for us? And I really believe that this is where we as a church are called to go over the next year. I really believe this is how we become like Jesus. So there's four categories here. The first one, if you look up at the top, says orthodoxy. Orthodoxy simply means our thoughts and beliefs, meaning In order to become like Jesus, it starts with how we think. Again, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. The way that we think is first and foremost gonna affect everything that we do. And so if we're gonna become like Jesus, it requires first and foremost right thinking and right understanding about who he is. It requires right thinking and understanding about who we are and it requires right thinking about others and who God says they are. So the first part of the journey, we're gonna be discussing this. We're gonna be talking about what does it look like to have our thoughts and our beliefs aligned with who Jesus says he is. Because if we don't believe correctly who Jesus is, 
is, the reality is it's not gonna uh, produce the transformation that we're hoping. And the transformation, I wanna be like Jesus. In order for that to happen, I have to have my thoughts and beliefs in alignment with what he says. The second part would be the bottom left, which is orthopraxy, which means uh, proper or right actions or practice. Again, just because you believe something doesn't mean you're actually gonna do it. You can read the Bible and say, do these things, but to actually do what we're supposed to do, to actually live out what Jesus is calling us to do is a huge part of spiritual transformation. It's a huge part of becoming like Jesus. It's not simply, all I gotta do is have correct information. No, it's correct actions. It's practice. It's living right towards God. It's living right in community with others. That's a huge part of it. And a lot of people just focus on one of these. As long as you just have the right doctrine and beliefs, you're good to go. Or some people are saying, just do these things and that's all that matters. And no, it's actually a holistic approach. So secondly, we're gonna be talking about um, uh, spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, how we actually live out the way of Jesus, how we become like Jesus, we do what Jesus did. So what did Jesus do? And then what does that look like for us to do the same in our culture today? Thirdly is over in the bottom right corner, orthopathy which is feelings and affections and emotions. And a lot of people, sadly, I've never heard anything about our emotions growing up in church. You kind of just think like, oh, you know, like just don't trust your emotions or whatever, but God gave us emotions. Emotions are a good thing. Yes, at the end of the day, they're not the determining factor for every decision I make in my life, but the scripture actually has this lot to say about our emotions, right feelings towards God, right feelings about ourselves, right feelings towards others. And the reality is this, a lot of our emotions are messed up. A lot of us haven't understood what it looks like to have Jesus come in and, and to transform our emotions. And so that the way we live and the things we believe are in alignment with what's coming out of our heart, are, are in alignment with our emotions. And so we're gonna go in phase three to talking about that. What does it look like to be emotionally healthy as a follower of, a Jesus, uh, as a follower of Jesus? What does it look like to feel rightly about who God is and feel rightly about who God created us to be? And then at the center of all of that, which none of these are possible, apart from that, which is why it's in the center, is the Holy Spirit. At the end of the day, we will not have the right beliefs. We will not have right actions or know what to do. We will not feel correctly about God or ourselves apart from the Holy Spirit. All of this is the work of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. But again, this is not something that just passively happens. There is so much intentionality in this. Again, as Jesus said in verse 40, he who's fully trained becomes like his teacher. It takes us saying, I want to change. I understand it is a process and I'm committed to that process and I'm gonna follow Jesus and I want to become like Jesus. So we're gonna be throwing this thing up um, a lot over the next year and keeping you guys on course with where we're at. But this is where we're going as a church, what it looks like to have proper beliefs about who God is and who he says we are, what it looks like to take the practical actions and steps and build spiritual habits in our life that make us more like Jesus and then aligning our heart and our emotions with what God wants and all of that again takes place through the Holy Spirit. Spiritual formation and becoming like Jesus, it is a holistic, lifelong process involving every part of our being, involving our heart, involving our mind, involving our emotions, involving our bodies through the Holy Spirit. It's a holistic thing.
And so that's where we're going in the next year. I'm really excited about it. And my prayer for all of us is that as we step into this space, as we commit to change, as we commit to allow the Holy Spirit to shape our thoughts, to shape our actions, to take hold of our hearts and emotions, as we do that, my hope is this, that we become more like Jesus. And so as we come to a close this morning with the teaching portion, I wanted to close with simply one question, which is gonna lead us into a transition time of just reflection and just being still and just listening to the Holy Spirit. And so this one question is something that I want you not only in the next five minutes or so to ponder, but this is something I really want you to think about over the next week because from this question is gonna launch the process of spiritual formation and transformation and what it looks like practically for us to become like Jesus. And the, the question may seem simple, but as you really think about it and pray about it more and really examine yourself and examine your life and where you're at, you may begin to see things in your life that you didn't previously. And the Holy Spirit may expose some things that you previously were not aware of. And so I simply want to close with this question. If you have a phone to write it down, we're going to be talking about this a lot in the upcoming weeks. The question is simply this, who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? And for some of you, answering that question might be kind of difficult because you've never actually thought about it. You've never thought about in five years, if you continue to live and continue to make the choices and continue to do everything the way you're doing them today, where's that gonna lead you? Where's that gonna take you? Is the path that you're on right now, the decisions you're making right now, the things you believe right now, the way you feel right now, are all of those things making you become more like Jesus? Or are there things you believe, emotions you feel, actions and habits and patterns in your life that you say, if I continue in these, I'm gonna be like the blind man who's being led by a blind man into a pit.